0: Hello and welcome to The Campus Mission, where we discuss everything related to college life through the Christian lens. Catholic campus ministers from across the state of West Virginia come together to fix your life. The email, thecampusmissionwv at gmail.com, thecampusmissionwv at gmail.com. Send us your questions and we will answer them mostly correctly every single time. Welcome.
1: I had a student last semester, Last well, last Last, um, not last semester, last Lent. Uh, oh, I guess that was last semester, where he wanted to do a medieval Lent-style event. So during Lent, you know, back, the idea is back in the medieval age, Lent was taken much more seriously than it is now, and it's just kind of gotten watered down over the years until now. Oh, so yeah. Kind of like, I give up chocolate, and that's, like, good enough. But back in the medieval days, they gave up all forms of meat. They didn't eat before 3 p.m., which is the time that Christ died. Uh, like, there was a whole list of rules that he wanted to follow. It was really intense. No animal products at all, not just meat. So, like, milk and eggs as well. Full vegan. <laughs> full vegan, yeah.
2: <laughs> this Which is why cool. we have Fat Tuesday, because they used to use Fat Tuesday to get That's rid of exactly all the fat right. products the night before Lent started. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. And I'm liking this. It became a tradition then to give your neighbors uh, eggs at the end of Lent. Because they couldn't eat them uh, for the for the forty days during. And so that's supposedly where the Easter egg came from, which I did not know and that blew my mind.
0: Whoa, me neither.
3: What? I
2: just have to tell you something. I just had a very spiritual moment when Patrick said that. I have to share it. So I had this funny story, um, when my mother was still alive and I a friend came into town to visit me and I took her to my mother's house and my mother, you had to picture this, she was Oh, well into her 80s. She was blind. And when we left the house, she, she said, here, I can't, you can't leave without giving you something. I know, this will be significant, of course, she never explained the significance to me. She gave my friend an egg. When we got in the car, we still laugh about it to this day. She said, I love your mom. but Remember, like, it was crickets in the car, because I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why my blind mom gave you an egg.
0: Well, Patrick,
2: if you knew my mom, I knew she, that's exactly why she was doing that. Kind of cool. That's sorry, funny. Sorry, for, sorry, for, funny. sorry for making fun of you all these years. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and it was right before Easter. It was right but she was in town for, for like, uh, it was probably Good Friday or
3: something.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Because every year I always hear all this stuff about, like, oh, you know, you, you guys use the eggs because it's some pagan thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <coughs> but yeah, apparently. Apparently Absolutely. that has real meaning. Wow. See,
2: parrots do have wisdom when we even we don't realize it.
3: Ross, there was a song you mentioned about coffee. What was the name of that song? Oh I did? Your coffee. Yeah, it was by okay, the
0: coffee
3: it was- Chris Tilly and them and oh, Chris Tilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh
0: they did I mean it's just an instrumental piece, but for whatever reason they decided to call it your coffee is a disaster. Okay. okay. Uh you
3: know what the theme of this Podcast is going to be your calendar is a disaster. Oh, and uh, and and basically because you know, like yeah, sure, you know you've got National Cookie Day. Yeah, okay. There's National uh, Give Your Cat a Belly Rub Day. <laughs> um, but you know what is really epic? You know th- th- uh, the full understanding of the calendar. You know, and like talking uh-huh. about how. The holidays really in their fullness are way better.
2: Um, so calendars. I did Google a few things because let's face it, how many of us really have like a degree in calendars? And just some simple facts that I found, because I like facts. Calendars historically were developed simply to preserve religious days and holidays. Now think about that. That's historically why they were developed. Think about where we are now. Unless you get a Church, a Catholic calendar. In most cases, I don't want to speak for other religious denominations. A lot of the religious holidays aren't even on a regular secular calendar, calendar, other than maybe like Christmas, Easter. But mm-hmm. um, many even of though holiday really literally holidays. means holy day, exactly. Yes, Ross. So then it's it's sort of morphed into a planner, if you will, um, to organize time, organize days of the week weeks of the year, months of the year, the years themselves, and many people keep a personal calendar. Many people keep a professional calendar. Really, it's just an organizer. And other than looking at what you need to do on a certain day or a certain month, do you really even look at the little, the little dot? You know, if you notice on your phone calendar, there's a little dot, unless you press on that dot, it doesn't come up what, what day you're celebrating. So, the other thing is calendars are Basically, there are four types of calendars, Um, a lunis, lunar, lunar, solar calendar based upon the moon and the sun, strictly a solar calendar, strictly a lunar calendar, and the one that we typically use, a seasonal calendar based upon changes in environment. But in those four, the one that's not mentioned, and as Nick said, can be the more epic eye opener of them all, is we also have a liturgical calendar. And... As we know, liturgical is just a fancy word for church calendar. So it's not a secular calendar, it's a church calendar. And ideally, if we combine the two, the secular holidays, which are fun, because like today happens to be Pecan Cookie Day. How fun is that? But on the church calendar, today happens to be the Feast of St. Matthew, the tax collector. Hmm. You know, wonder if St. Matthew's eating pecan cookies
3: right now. As we
2: speak. I mean, you know, the idea would be to morph the two together.
3: And yeah, so Shirley, that's a great point. You know, one way that you could celebrate the feast day of St. Matthew, maybe you make some pecan cookies, right? Why not? Why not join the two? Uh, and I, but and like to sell also... them
2: and add a 10% tax to each one.
0: You know, but, all right. So, so we're joking about the food and the uh, with, with the, you know, St. on the calendar. Uh, but that is uh, a common practice. There is a book, uh, that we bought last year called liturgical living. And I forget the author, look it up. It's fun. But, uh, we started practicing on certain days, like, uh, what was it? One of the things they do is on the feast of our lady of Lords, uh, because that was in France, uh, they cook or they eat French food. Or they eat crepes to celebrate that particular feast day. So actually lining those up, that's, that's a, good, uh, a good call. And then there was a- And again, a,
2: historically, that's how it all began. Really.
0: Absolutely, yeah. There was an Eastern saint that we were uh, celebrating and we tried to make falafel and failed miserably. It did not go well. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a story for another day. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and that's the,
3: and you might be listening to this right now, wondering what the heck is a feast day. And so I just want to speak really quickly to that and say the whole idea of these uh, feast days, it's a day of celebration. Okay. And so when we have a feast day for a saint, uh, that's a day that we are intentionally uh, to some extent uh, thinking about that saint reflecting on their lives and uh, you know, because they're incredibly uh, holy people that gave their lives to God And, and then you know we uh, you know we will ask that saint to pray for us, um, and, and these these feast days are scattered throughout the entire liturgical calendar, and it's not uncommon for there to be multiple of those in any given week. Oh, uh, man, which like,
0: like hundred.
3: <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, uh, so Thursday is the feast day of uh, one of our favorite saints, uh, Saint John Henry Newman. Uh, who is the namesake of Newman Centers? You know, uh, you know there, there there are Newman Centers or on college campuses around the globe, and, and they all uh, get their name from uh, this 19th century uh, Anglican turned Catholic theologian. Really cool guy, you know. And so uh, his his feast day is coming up this Thursday. So naturally, uh, I'm thinking about that, and I'm sort of looking into his life a bit and reflecting on that. And that's the beauty. Of those feast days, you know, as you as you start to you know get more familiar with the saints, and you've got a few favorites. Whenever you get to their feast day, it's like a reminder, like, oh yeah, that's my guy right there, that's my girl, and so it's that chance to really kind of dive in a little bit and uh, uh, you know think about their lives and uh, and all of that. So I'm I'm a big fan of the feast day. Uh, you know, I I actually remember talking to a friend. Uh, and he was saying that uh, for a whole year, he and his family were going to live their lives uh, according to the liturgical calendar. And so what that meant was uh, when it was a feast day, they were going to feast. They were going to have like all of these desserts and like a big old dinner uh, and like just, just snacks galore. Okay. Okay. And if it wasn't a feast day, well, then they would, you know, do the opposite of that, okay? And they would, you know, they'd have their three square meals a day. They wouldn't snack a lot. Uh, and the whole understanding was that, you know, it wasn't that snacking is bad or, or having lots of great desserts and things is bad, but it was trying to understand them in a proper context. And so they were using the liturgical calendar to do that. And quite frankly, again, there are so many feast days uh, you could totally uh, get away with that too. So uh, that was one instance where they were sort of—dare uh, li- I say—like liturgically uh, orienting uh, their their family and whatnot. But I thought that was pretty neat.
2: What if it was a feast day of like a hermit who was very aesthetic and didn't
3: eat and fast? I think I think that's when you go clubbing. You know, just like hit the floor, land. Just just remember that. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nick, I want to throw something at you here. I hate to retract anything that you said because you said it so well. But according to the internet, which I have up right here, John Henry Newman's feast day is October the ninth.
3: Yeah, so uh, I I looked at a calendar that, and it said it was September twenty fourth. Uh, so I don't uh, I don't know because I've I've seen October the ninth as well. Uh, but the calendar that I was looking at uh, said September twenty fourth, which is this Thursday. Uh, oh, this is Thursday, that's that's funny. We're kind of a correction on that. Yeah, so that's we'll uh, we'll we'll have uh, we'll come back around uh, after this podcast and uh, uh, figure that out.
1: So Nick, I'm sitting here also next to my computer with kind of a, a pie chart kind of thing that's got the all the months of the year around the outside, and it's broken up into big chunks. Ordinary time, Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter. Can we talk about that? Because that is something I think, even that most basic uh, idea, is something that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with just from the conversation. Absolutely. And
2: Patrick, that's the actual liturgical calendar that you're viewing. Right. So our, our secular calendar is linear, a church calendar, a liturgical calendar is um, circular. And right. the, um, the church calendar starts on the first Sunday of Advent. It ends on the Feast of Christ the King. So, for example, the, the calendar that we're now using, it it began last December 1st of 19. That was the first day of the church year. And it ends um,
1: November
2: 29th. November, well, yeah, the, the first Sunday of advent begins November 29th of this year.
1: Right. So,
2: um people oftentimes in, in church circles will say Happy New Year on that day because that's when we begin. So December 31st <laughs> is right in the, you know, in the Christmas season. It's not the end of the year for us. So, yeah, yeah and it's all cyclical. It's actually uh, the beginning of the year. Advent's the beginning, yes. Feast yeah. of Christ the King is the end. And then the calendar, if, if anybody, you know, has access to one, all the colors we don't have to belabor the point, but all the colors of the different times, Advent, Lent, Ordinary Time, those are the colors that you'll see in our churches, the vestments that the priests wear, the the altar cloths in, in many cases, and that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, and I think, you know, uh, it, it's funny just how different it looks, the liturgical calendar versus the normal uh, calendar that we're accustomed to. You know, like we, we you know, we, we have the, the image in our brain of a square calendar. And you, you flip it each month, and there's the, all the little smaller squares in each of the days. Uh, but if you look at the liturgical calendar, it's a big old calendar pie, okay? It's a, yeah, like we said, it's a big circle, uh, and you're going to see a lot of green, a lot of purple. Uh, and yeah, those, uh, those colors correlate to that season. Uh, and it's this idea, and I think Shirley you touched on this, it's this idea of living seasonally. Uh, so, you know, if we're in, uh, the season of Advent, right, that's the season leading up to Christmas. It's actually the beginning of liturgical year. Fun fact, the liturgical year doesn't start on January 1. Uh, it starts on the first day of Advent, which is the time leading up to Christmas. So that the, the, the color, uh, corresponding to that is purple. And uh, so you know we we we're, we're living that time intentionally, preparing for Christmas. And but we're not doing Christmas yet. And I think this is a good segue into why liturgical Christmas is awesome and why it's way better than uh, a knowledge of Christmas without uh, its uh, proper context. Uh, so basically, folks, if you're uh, if you're if you're looking at that square calendar okay? It's going to say December 25th, Christmas Day, all right? Now, in just plain old secular world, uh, it's like two months leading up to Christmas uh, that you start seeing Christmas stuff. Uh, My wife told me that she's already starting to see Christmas stuff in the store right now, and it is not October yet, okay? So, (laughs) it's it's a world full of Christmas already. So, it's almost like celebrating Christmas for months on end. So by the time Christmas gets here and you open up your gifts on Christmas day, well, it's kind of like, okay, finally, geez, we've been, I've been listening to, to rocking around the Christmas tree for weeks now. So let's, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, But in the understanding of the liturgical calendar, see, uh, we really don't celebrate Christmas until December 25th. Uh, And that's why in a lot of different Catholic places, uh, you know, you won't even see Christmas trees start to go up until the day of or a lot closer to the day. Uh, you know, or you won't see the baby Jesus in the manger until the day of. Uh, we're, we're really conscientious about that. Uh, and because of that, when we, we don't just celebrate Christmas on the 25th. Christmas is actually a, like, like, like 12 days. Uh, you know the 12 days of Christmas? that's a real thing. And so we celebrate for days on end and it's really epic and awesome and, uh, and beautiful, uh, you know, and it gives you all this time to, to prepare an advent for the Christmas day. And so when you've actually been able to prepare for that long, uh, thoughtfully, well, man, when the day actually gets there, it's, it's a lot bigger of a deal, you know, and you get to, you get to celebrate it with. And uh, when
2: When Nick is, I'm sorry, Nick, when Nick's talking about preparing, he's not talking about preparing your house with the Christmas tree and all the decorations. The preparation is really preparing for the incarnation, for Jesus coming to earth as a human being in the form of a baby. So preparing our hearts, time for extra prayer. The color purple is significant for um, hopeful waiting. So that's why the color purple is the time for, is the color for Advent. And then the Christmas season doesn't end until the epiphany um, when the three wise men came to to honor the baby Jesus. So it's, it's, and I get it that we have to prepare, especially if you have children and you want to have fun prior to Christmas and put up the trees and all that. So Catholics aren't like, no, 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 but there's got to be that balance, I guess, is what Mm -hmm. balance again. We've talked about that in every podcast. There's got to be that balance of. Preparing secularly for Christmas, you know, of course, the shopping and the things that have to get mm-hmm. done. But preparing spiritually for Christmas as well, which is what Advent waiting is all about.
3: Right, and I think I think you know uh, the I, I I tend to get the weirdest looks whenever I uh, it's like January third, and I'm like, oh yeah, we still have our trio, <laughs> and everybody that's not Catholic is looking like, what, why we get we we threw that thing out the day after, like. And and that's when you you start actually talking about the difference in the way that we celebrate Christmas, liturgically,
0: yeah.
2: Ross, you're awfully quiet.
0: Uh, I leave my Christmas tree up all year long. I love oh, it. you're one of those people. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what I think is a real shame is that culturally, we start prepping for Christmas September, October. Uh, I don't think that's particularly a bad thing. I know a lot of my a lot of my friends are like, "Oh my gosh, like, wait, hit the brakes here," and I, uh, I'm like, "Well, no, they actually we're supposed to prepare so early. That that's what Advent is. But culturally, we don't know what Advent is because that's that's a very that's a very catholic thing it's a very or or at least something specific to churches of a liturgical tradition which uh more and more many churches in in our country are not and so there there's not really much of a there's no emphasis on advent in the month of december which is when when advent takes place for that that four weeks or so the the other thing that i think is really sad is that There are no good Advent songs. All we get is like, yeah, rocking around the Christmas tree for three months. Uh, But everybody's like, an Advent song. Uh, Oh, come, come, Emmanuel. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's it. That's all I got. Just the one. Just the one. Yeah.
1: I think it's blown over in society a lot. Lent, I feel like even in secular society, people know what Lent is. Yeah. McDonald's sells fish sandwiches on Fridays, right? But Advent, it feels like nobody really appreciates it. maybe because it's shorter, maybe because everybody's focused on the day itself coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure.
0: You know, speaking of the meat and, and uh, yeah, uh, like not eating meat thing, uh, I notice how often the uh, the secular liturgical practices and calendars uh, mimic that of the church liturgical calendar in, ter- in terms of, uh, so, so one example I think is kind of funny, is that there's there was at least for, for like five seconds, some people were talking about this in the uh, environmentalist movement, where they were saying, people should give up eating meat for uh, one day a week to help the environment, they were like, we should have a meatless Monday, and I'm like, Catholics have been not eating meat on Fridays forever and ever and have ever. <laughs> like that. I don't think they didn't mean to do that, but it's funny. How just like, uh, yeah, actually I I'm with you there guys. I, I think that's a great idea. You, you should maybe move that to Friday do a meatless Friday.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that is, that is that's very funny. funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm really, uh, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm going to also speak into a little bit uh, about Easter as well. Uh, I, guys, I grew up, okay, uh, not a Catholic person. I uh, grew up in a totally agnostic home. And so for us, Easter was straight up Easter Bunny Day. I mean, you could have called it the Bunny Day, and it would have meant the same thing. Um, and don't get me wrong. I loved my mother's Easter baskets and she's listening. And mom, I want you to know those Easter baskets are great. And I'm not just paying you lip service. Okay? They're amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, just the Easter bunny kind of gets lame by like age of 10 or like 11. Like, uh, and so, and it's like, okay, what's, what is this bunny? Like, I don't understand what it is. You know, and so without without that broader understanding of it, right? Because for us in the liturgical calendar, Easter is like the biggest day of the year. I mean, you know, we're, it's the day that we are celebrating the resurrection, right, of Jesus. Yeah, that's,
0: that's like the whole point of everything we do for us.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, it culminates in, mm-hmm. in that day. Um, the Easter vigil is arguably the most beautiful or one of the most beautiful liturgies uh, in the church. That's the day that uh, all of the people who are coming into the church, uh, you know, they're baptized and confirmed and everything. I mean, I, I came into the church at the Easter vigil. And so, you know, me as a college student, uh, I'm I'm in this parish and all the lights are off. And uh, then everyone everybody comes in with candles and the place is just lit up. And I'm like, wow. Easter is actually really really cool. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have known that growing up how cool <laughs> Easter actually is and how epic it actually is. And the, that's the sad thing about just a, you know, like a straight up secular calendar is it it just uh, strips the 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 truth and beauty and epicness of of a day like that, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a shame. And so, you know, it's one of the many reasons why I, uh, I'm gonna promote the heck out of the liturgical calendar because yeah, uh, it's uh, it's pretty darn sweet.
0: Well, and, and you know what? I can make a little bit. Uh, some sometimes I make that little bit of criticism about even even the church tradition, uh, because what you're saying is the in our societal calendar uh, we strip away a lot of that epicness, right? A lot of that beauty, mm. a, lot of, a lot of those really cool things. Um, I remember uh, converting and going to mass and getting ready for Easter Vigil, where I was going to be confirmed, and doing all of it because I, n- not because of any particular tradition or ritual, but because I found the truth, right? And I wanted mm-hmm. to be wanted to be confirmed into the fullness of the truth, and then I got to Easter Vigil. I'm getting confirmed, and like you're saying, it's one of these. It's this really in-depth, beautiful liturgy with a lot of really cool traditions. It was the first time I had ever um, smelled the incense at mm-hmm. Mass in this particular parish. They hadn't used it before that, but they were using it at the Easter Vigil, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that that smells so good. Why don't you burn that at every Mass?" Or you know, a, a, <laughs> yeah. a lot and a lot of these special things that that we do uh, different different uh, music certain uh, chants certain pieces um, that, that really bring that that liturgy alive and I thought to myself I'm not saying every single mass needs to look like the Easter Vigil but right. why do it, it almost it, it dwarfed so many of the practices mm-hmm. we do at other liturgies and I know that after that, I started seeking out uh, uh churches uh Catholic churches that that embrace more of that on a weekly basis. yeah, you know,
3: they well, aren't and, afraid and, to
0: go all out with it.
3: Well, and I'll say this too uh you know by by like you said going all out at the Easter vigil, it just it just goes to serve it, uh, how epic that day is, you know. Like by and it's right, yeah. It you're, shouldn't you're look left. exactly
0: like I read it. No,
3: and that's why, like, you're you're left in this with like the sense of awe and wonder. I, I mean, my my family uh, came to my baptism and confirmation. None of them uh, had ever. We, we had never, as a family, been in a church together ever. Like that was literally the first time. Okay, wow. I was in. I was twenty two, and uh, <laughs> uh, my and my mom will say this. Uh, she she said at first we were confused. Uh, because all the lights were off. Uh, But then we were all incredibly struck by the beauty of what we were seeing, you know? Uh, And it really, I think for them, they got to actually experience Easter uh, fully for the first time. And it was just amazing. It's more than just bunnies and eggs. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a there's a VeggieTales song about the bunny I was going to sing, but I don't want to get sued for copy. So. Uh Patrick, I haven't heard from you in a minute. Any uh, any thoughts about any of that?
1: Well, you uh, you have a much more personal interaction, a much much more personal experience with Easter season than I do because I was born Catholic grew up Catholic and all I could remember thinking about the Easter vigil when I was young is, wow, this is a long mess. <laughs> fair. It goes, it goes <laughs> on or something. Um.
2: Part of the beauty for us as Catholics um, talking about Easter is the fact that we celebrate, obviously, ultimately the resurrection. Uh, as you're speaking, I'm recalling an um, experience I had a few years ago with this dear, dear, dear woman that came knocking at my door with copies of the Watchtower. Okay. Um, And I'm not one to shut the door and say, I don't want to hear. I love to talk and I love to to share differences. And so she and I became, I don't want to say friends, but she came back every, every week for probably two or three months. And I said, and I was open and listening to her and she was open and listening to me. She would leave copy of her Watchtower and I would give her a pair of rosaries and you know, that's not to say either one of us went converted to the other religion, but we were open to learning. But um, it was getting, it was nearing Easter and we were talking about that. And she was, she invited me to her Good Friday service at her church. And I was kind of surprised that they celebrated Good Friday. Yeah, and I started her. talking about Easter. And here's where I came to a great understanding. They celebrate Good Friday because they celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ lived and walked the earth and they consider him the greatest prophet that ever lived. They don't celebrate Easter Sunday because they don't believe he was God. So they will celebrate the fact that he was put to death for his teachings. They don't celebrate the fact that he rose because they don't believe he's God. So they stop their liturgical year, if you will, on Good Friday, which I, I had never heard that before. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So people, um, not mainline christian denominations but many of the other religions they do celebrate and we're looking at the calendar up to good friday but then they they stop with the resurrection
3: which would yeah. make sense <laughs> yeah.
2: what about halloween that's right around the corner let's talk about that yeah one.
3: oh man so halloween is uh, just a few weeks away and uh, i i think i'm sure all of us know some some folks that they they dig some halloween time they've they're they're celebrating halloween right now <laughs> like uh, yeah. they are they are just i mean they're they're all in on it and i want to say right now uh dear listener um halloween is cool and uh i like halloween a lot uh what makes halloween even cooler is understanding uh where it comes from so uh in the uh liturgical calendar Uh, we have a day called All Souls Day. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, gang, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, call this another podcast. Uh, Patrick, Ross, Shirley, thank you all so much for uh, hanging out, talking uh, calendars uh, and the beauty of them. Uh, We will be back uh, next week for another podcast uh, where we discuss... Uh, all things uh, involving uh, the church and you, uh, students, and we hope you have a great and wonderful week ahead. Uh, Thank you so much.